And today I want to talk about first principles and how important they actually are. So let's give the worship team a, a hand. Did a, a great job at leading us, inspiring us. But first principles are important. Uh, I was talking to a lady the other day and she just had a baby. She was just in a shop and she was uh, managing the store. And she, I said, how did your baby go? And yeah, yeah, it's just been born. She said, it's so challenging. I said, why? And she said, because it doesn't come with a manual. I don't know what to do. I said, yeah, babies do come with a manual. She goes, really? <laughs> I said, yes, yeah, the Bible. Got a, a, a way to bring up children. Got a way to conduct your marriage. I know when I first started going out with Jane, I was 28 years old and uh, it was sort of amazing. Jane's dad sat me down and he said, do you understand relationships? I went, well, I've had a few. <laughs> And he goes, no, do you understand Christian relationships? And I go, is there a difference? And he went, sure is. And he only said about 10 words, and I'm sort of under the table going, I never knew that, I never knew that. Is that why relationships for me never worked? And so there's a manual. Uh, my car out the front there, it has a manual. It's called Owner's Manual. And uh, how many people know that if this one's a Lexus, you don't want to look at a Ford manual? You don't want to look at a Toyota manual, so to speak. You've got to look up the right manual for the right situation. And we have a manual. It's called the Bible. It's just whether we realize it's our manual to actually, is our, and our owner's manual to actually help us navigate through life. And the Bible is fantastic because it helps us navigate. Otherwise, you know, salvation would be we get saved on Sunday and we go to heaven on Monday. But there's enough in the Bible to be able to help us live a great life and get us to heaven. People say, well, why isn't the book of Melchizedek or something? Why isn't that in there? Well, because there's enough in here to give us a good life and get us to heaven, isn't it? Uh-huh. And I don't know about you, but I'm flat out living what's in there without adding to it. <laughs> and it's wonderful to have a manual called the Bible, a reference point for your relationships, for your personal life, for your business life and stuff like that in your life. So we're talking first principles today and the value of foundations and how that important that actually is. To realize we've got a fallen nature, we've been born into a fallen nature, a fallen world, and we have a fallen nature. So coming back to God isn't a matter of just adding to our life like, I like pizzas, I like skateboarding, I like cars, I like chocolate cake. So we don't need those things, but we sure need God to reconcile us back to the way we've actually need to live. And that's really key as I unlock this morning a little bit when it comes to first principles. And I want to thank people like uh, uh, Dr. Ed Cole and uh, Clark Taylor, Robert Lewis, Dr. Robert Lewis today, uh, Graham McAtamney and a guy called Mike Connell who's going to help me a little bit today be able to build these first principles in my life as a foundational principles that really cause me to live the rest of my life out of these principles and out of these foundations. Um, we're going to turn to Hebrews uh, 5. Let's take a look at that for a moment. When we turn to Hebrews 5, we understand in Matthew 18, there is a guy who was in a situation where he owned, owed a king a lot of money. And as he owed the king a lot of money, he went to the king and he uh, said to the king, please forgive me. And he bowed and he scraped and he said, please forgive me of this that I owe you. And the king goes, okay, I'll let you off and let him off from, from that payment. But then the guy turns around and goes out and finds one of the other guys who owed him less. This was gold, this was silver and hits the guy up and said, you better give me that money back. Otherwise you're going to be in trouble. 
And he stepped out of the grace that was owed to, or owed over his life. You know, it's so easy as a believer to capture the grace of God that is over your life, but then step out of it and treat others harshly and not live under the grace of God. And wonder why things don't work out for you well is because you've stepped out of that grace that's been extended to you. Very important as a believer. People say, well, you know, is it once saved, always saved? Well, how does that actually work? Well, I think it's very important to walk in the grace of God that's been extended to you. By grace you have been saved, not of your own works, lest you'd brag about it, but it's through faith. But it's been grace that's been extended to you. And when you continue to walk in grace, you continue to walk in the covering of God. Step out of it, and you're on your own. And this is what this guy found very, very quickly. Hebrews 5 That was just free this morning. But in the context of what we're doing, let it flavor what we're doing. Verse 12 of chapter 5 of Hebrews, written by Paul, we believe. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the sayings of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Isn't that interesting? The criteria is that by this stage, wherever you're up to, you should be teaching now, not relearning stuff over and over again because you haven't got to that place of being a teacher. Therefore, you're categorized as a babe who just drinks milk. And it goes on and says, For everyone, verse 13, who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But, not, but solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that means mature, that is those by reason who use or practice their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, this is the six things, Repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and the doctrine of baptisms, of laying of hands, of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Isn't that wonderful? And this we will do if God permits us. Wonderful, isn't it, when you think about it like that? But it says there's a foundational principles that you need to have in your own life and how important it is to be able to walk in those principles. Because he says, you know, there's people that are going to say stuff about the Bible over your life as you grow, but are you mature enough to hear it? Are you mature enough to hear those principles and walk in those principles? The Bible says Jesus grew in maturity and we must or can do the same. So we realize that I cannot go on, I cannot go on unless the foundations are built in me. You cannot build a building when there's no foundations. You have to have foundations. The foundations will always be there. You don't build the building and then go, beauty, built, I'll go and dig up the foundations now. No, they're always with the building and they sustain the building in that particular way. And so it's a reality for us. It's not just what Jesus has done for us. It's a matter of us putting those foundations in our lives, in our character, in where they need to be in our personal lives. And so if you're asked to, to, uh, what are the foundations of faith? If you were perhaps looking at someone and maybe you're helping out in the new Christian area, helping out in the life, we go, what I know what we need to do, we need to build a foundations course for those type of people. What sort of things are you going to put in the foundations course? 
You probably put things like uh, turning up to church, church attendance. You probably put something in there about forgiveness. You probably put something in there about the cross. You'd probably put something about Bible and you probably put something about prayer in there. You'd put all these things in a study, wouldn't you, to help people solidify and understand the faith. You'd put something about giving, tithing, serving. You'd put all those things in that course. But Paul goes, there's none of those in there. There's none in there. These are the first principles Paul said you must teach people who are going to walk with God. And how important that actually is. And we realize the foundations of a building isn't a set of teachings. A foundations for a building is not a book you read. It's something that's in place on a worksite. And so we realize that these foundations are not just stuff we read, but something that should be built in our own life. And you build on these things, and you never remove that foundation because the stability of the building depends on the strength and the correct laying of those foundations. Uh-huh. And so we, we can see this is the foundation for the body of Christ as everything God calls you to do involves other people. These are what's called the living foundations. And I trust today that if you're a person who, you know, sort of gets the foundations, living out of the foundations, then you're teaching others. That's what he's talking about here. You're not a baby in that particular way. They're living foundations. They, they're continually operative in your life. These are the foundations of Christ, and they are the foundations to how you do your life with Christ. Notice he calls these things first principles. First principles. You can be busy in Christian faith. You can be busy in religion but you'll never grow in Christ. It's a bit like your ABCs or, or your times table. Uh-huh. If you don't learn your ABCs and your times table, you really don't go very far, do you? You're always known as someone who can't spell. You can't grammatically put something together. Or you, you, know, you still don't know what seven times seven is or six sixes or, or whatever it is. You, you haven't got the basics set right. That's why primary school, they teach the basics. As boring as it is, you've got to get the foundations right before you could ever move on and write an assignment or a thesis on something as you, you get older. And so it's spiritually, it's true. Uh-huh. Because here he says, if you don't put these foundational things in your life, just like in the natural, you'll have a sequence of failures. In the spirit, you'll have a sequence of, sequence of failures as well. Because you haven't learned those, those things. And spiritually, it's very, very true. There's a series of failures. It says one of the failures you have is you become dull of hearing, insensitive to the things God's saying to you. The Bible says in the last days, people want to hear things that tickle their ears and make them feel good about themselves, but not the teaching that forms Christ in them. This is what we're talking about today. God's plan for, for you is, uh, as I said, you wouldn't get saved on Sunday and go to heaven on Monday. But it's, it says here, someone who hasn't formed Christ in them is a babe. What's that word babe mean? It means you make a lot of sounds, but the sounds you're making actually don't make sense. <laughs> Babies do that, don't they? Goo and gar. They make sounds, but it doesn't actually make sense. And so therefore, if we have no foundations in us, we can look good on Sunday. We can do this and do that. But when we get to the cafe or something like that, five minutes after the thing, all we're doing is talking about sport and football. Because there's no foundations in us. We just make noises like babies. Because there's no spiritual depth in us to continue the conversation. Because it's an exhibit or an example. We don't have foundations. Not everybody here is going to heaven. 
Uh-huh. It's, it's just like, you know, anyway. It's very important to understand those sort of things. Uh, many people can walk into a meeting and, and, and they can't even tell what, whether it's the right spirit or not. Because if you don't walk in the right spirit and understand to discern the right spirit, then you just live out of the knowledge of good and evil. You know what happens there. And so it's so important to have that discernment. See, discerning of a spirit is not discerning the spirits, so to speak, that are there. It's discerning, discerning the spirit that motivates what's there. Is that, is that a spirit of lust? Is that a spirit of perversion? Is that a spirit of uncleanness? Is that a spirit of whatever is driving this? Or is it a clean spirit? Is, the, is it the Holy Spirit? And many, many people, that's what he said. If you, if you haven't the foundations right, you can't even discern what spirit this is, is. And how important it actually is. Then the Bible says, essentially, is that its discernment is not enough by itself. You always need to couple something with discernment. And one of those things is wisdom. To know what to do with what you discern. Otherwise, you go and tell everybody, oh, it's like this. And you know, you just upset a whole bunch of people. That's not wisdom. So these things are very, very important that we get this um, confidence that we realize to discern something is discover the motivation of it and what is flowing out of that. What is flowing out of it? If it's flowing out of a right spirit, how important that is. Uh huh. And so if you don't get birthed into Christ and walk in the new creation life, you live a, uh, and live a life... Uh, of the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life because you're connected to God and you're connecting to others, you'll just live a life trying to be good and trying to get to God and never feel worthy enough and just get frustrated. It's man trying to reach God where Christian faith is a realization it's the only faith in the world, the only spiritual faith in the world where you realize it's God come to reach man. God's come to meet with man. All other faiths. I've studied most of them. I've traveled to different countries to explore them. Gurus and so on and so forth. Studied them, worshipped them for years. And come to realize that Christianity is the only one where God comes to meet with man. It's not man's effort to try and get to God. And how cool that actually is when you think about it. And so we're coming into a season where we're going to walk into it and very clearly where we understand, perhaps look at, and we're going to look at these six things today, just in a broad brush approach to understand it. Number one, it says here, the first thing you need to have so you can walk, set it as a foundation, you need to have repentance from dead works. It doesn't say repentance from sin. It says repentance from dead works. Two types of sin. We realize the sin of omission and the sin of commission. The things you did and the things you didn't do that you could have, should have. And so we realize these things. We look at repentance from the dead works, faith towards God, doctrine of baptisms, Holy Spirit baptism and water baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgments. I, I love these sort of ones, don't you? And so repentance of dead works is sort of, comes from that mentality, is, I can do it, I know what I'm doing, leave me alone, I know what I'm doing. But oftentimes, it's out of the flesh and doesn't have the life of God in it. And so we discern because we have repentance from dead works means it sounds good to you, it's exciting, but God is actually in what you are doing. 
He may be in it last week, but he's not in it this week, if you know what I mean. Maybe your marriage, maybe your personal life, maybe a business venture, whatever it might be. Is God in the center of it? Because if God is not in the center of it, something else will be there to substitute itself for God. It's never nothing. There will always be something in that place to motivate you or to move you. Uh huh. And so turning to God and having that faith and that identity in him is very, very, very important so we can receive his love and walk in it. Repentance of dead works is really important. We've been talking about that in the last couple of weeks. It says the doctrine of baptisms is very, very important. It's a, it's a sign that I've turned from worldly living and I'm turning to God's ways and God's principles in my own personal life. I'm not thinking of sin, I'm thinking of living for God. I'm beholding what I want to be. What you behold, you will become. And so the baptism process is a process, both baptism process, especially the Holy Spirit process, is an immersion into the person and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit who lives around you and is on you and he flows freely from within you being filled with the holy spirit or baptized in the holy spirit is the entrance to supernatural living the entrance and some people can treat the holy spirit like he's the devil you know i'm not getting filled with the holy spirit i need to still be in control of my own life Baptism of water is very, very important because it's an acknowledgement that I no longer liveth and I want the whole world to know that I no longer liveth. I'm going to leave my old life under the waters of baptism and rise up in newness of life because I believe the God of the second chance has saved me. What's he saved me from? He saved me from myself. And that's so important. If you're online today, that's so important to realize that God has saved you and rescuing you from yourself. And most people, when they really admit it, go, yeah, that's me. I need rescuing from me. And that doesn't mean that to come to Christ, your wheels have to fall off your life. It just means that I'm, I, don't, I think there's more. I think there's something more. I'm a spirit. I have a soul and I live inside of a body. That's who you are. When you die, which all of us will, then those three get split up. It's appointed to die. It's appointed to live. And they get split up. And so we've got to understand. And we're people of the, of the Bible who can understand these things. And the more you understand them, the less you are afraid of them. And it says, you're meant to be people of these baptism where you separated your life from the independence from God to be able, and the worldly system and all of those sort of things, to be able to trust him in every area of your life. And so therefore, when I do that, 